the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. My column this week is a question. America's so racist, why are there so many race hoaxes? You would think that the last thing that any minority person would have to do in a racist, systemically racist, constantly racist, every white is a racist society, is make up a hoax, right? So I list a dozen. I could probably list 50 if I did enough research. In fact, I assume if there's a noose somewhere or if there is some something else like the N-word on a dorm room door, that it was a hoax. It doesn't mean every time it is. I'm just telling you what I assume. Or... Uh, white members of a team gang raped a black woman i assume it didn't happen so it's a it's a very serious question why are so many made up if it's so why did jussie smollett make it up cuz it's so rare that's why there's race they're racist in the united states but these things are so rare that you have to make them up And here's another proof of how little racism there is. The entire industry of getting rid of words. There's a ser- I can't believe a serious piece in CNN. Everyday words and phrases that have racist connotations. Master bedroom. Why does that have a racist connotation? Does uh, gas pump have a Holocaust connotation? Blacklists, whitelists in computing, the idiom sold down the river. Did you know that? Did you know that that was racist? Peanut gallery, did you know that was racist? Words like slave and master are so folded into our vocabulary Yes, I'm into photography. You have slave and master. The master is the camera, and the slave is the, uh, or the, or the trigger on the camera that triggers the slave lights. I've never thought of it as, a, uh, as an affirmation of the beauty of slavery. Since black cameramen use the exact same words. So you know what they want to rename it instead of uh, master and slave in the uh, in f- photography flash uh, something and follower leader and follower 
Well, why isn't that uh, somehow wrong? Who wants to be a follower? Words like slave and master are so folded into our vocabulary and almost unconsciously speak to the history of racial slavery and racism in the U.S., says Elizabeth Pryor, an associate professor of history at Smith College. Whenever I see a stupid quote, I assume it's a professor. And bra- bravo, there I am. I'm right. Really. Words like slave and master are folded into a subconsciously speak to the history of racial slavery. But America's reckoning with systemic racism. See, it's not it's not even alleged. It's just declared by CNN as fact. Is now forcing a more critical look at the language we use. And while the offensive nature of many of these words and phrases has long been documented, some institutions are only now beginning to drop them from the lexicon. Pryor suggests because she has too much time on her hands as a professor. People think about the context certain words can carry and how using them could alienate others. Language works best when it brings as many people into communication with each other. If we know by using certain language we're disinviting certain people from the conversation, language isn't doing its job. See, this pablum is never given uh, meat. I, I never know, what are you talking about? How am I disinviting people by using this language? Here are some familiar words and phrases you might consider dropping from your vocabulary. This is a serious article. This is not from The Onion. In real estate, master bedrooms and bathrooms... What's wrong with that? Nationally, 42% of current property listings on Zillow use the term master in reference to a bedroom or bath. That's going to change soon. The phrase master bedroom first appeared in the 1926 Sears catalog, according to the real estate blog Trelora. Okay. Master bedrooms were more widely implemented in American homes after World War II, but slavery had ended in 1865. World War II ended in 1945. So that's 80 years later. Do you get the connection? You're missing the connection, aren't you? You know, I asked for a sharp producer, and then and what did I get? Man does not see the connection. But I, I, I'm on your level. I don't see the connection either, so I'm not that sharp either. While it's unclear, you'll, you'll love this. While it's unclear whether the term is rooted in American slavery on plantations, it evokes that history. What does that mean? It evokes that history. It's the master bedroom. Did you ever, ever, ever evoke it for you? I'm going to the master bedroom. W- w- this is the this is the master bedroom. This is the kids' bedroom. 
What are you supposed to, what are they now? The owner's bedroom? What, what has it changed? Why is owner okay? People own slaves. Why is bedroom okay? Only only uh, slave owners had bedrooms. Slaves didn't have bedrooms. Right? Why doesn't bedroom connote slavery? You don't have an answer to that, do you? Now, because of its slavery-era connotations, which they just made up, some members of the real estate industry are now calling to retire the term master. Okay. In computer technology, master-slave tech engineers use these terms to describe components of software and hardware in which one process or device controls another. The terms have been around for decades, and they've long raised concerns. In 2014, the programming language Drupal replaced master-slave terminology with primary replica. Django opted to use leader-follower. Oh, that's where I got it from. Python, one of the most popular programming languages in the world, eliminated the terms in 2018. And last week, Twitter announced it's dropping master, slave, and blacklist from its code after two engineers lobbied for the use of more inclusive programming language. Inclusive. Don't you love that term? You realize whenever these terms, it's all Orwellian. It all means the opposite. The last people who are inclusive are these people. You think like us or you're excluded. Words matter, a Twitter engineer said about the move. Blacklist, whitelist. In tech, a blacklist refers to a directory of specific elements, such as email addresses, IP addresses, or URLs that are blocked. A whitelist, by contrast, is made up of elements that are allowed. Though the origins of those terms don't appear to be directly connected to race, some argue they reinforce notions that black is bad and white is good. Yeah, but whitewash is bad. In the black is good. Right? My company is in the black. That means it's good. It makes profits. Huh? Well, that I guess you could keep that then. But I don't know why. It's clearly racist. This is another one of my arguments as a proof of how little racism there is in America. That this is the stuff that they have to look for just as the hoaxes are a proof of how little racism there is in America. If there, were a lot, if there was a lot of racism, you wouldn't need all of the hoaxes. Jussie Smollett would just have to wait for this to happen. He wouldn't have had to have his colleagues buy a noose. Correct? The world of the lie is the world of the left. It has never been different since Lenin. At CNN, they, they are a modern incarnation of Pravda. I never used this language until very recently, but I read Pravda every day at the Russian Institute of Columbia, where I did my graduate work. Truth is what Lenin said it was. Truth is what CNN and the New York Times say it is. It is not an objective thing. In fact, I just saw, where was it, Seattle, where they're doing training on racism with the workers? The word objectivity I've reported this in the past, is now considered a white supremacist term. 
Objectivity means truth. Truth is a white supremacist term, just so you should know. That is why it is an existential battle for the survival of the West. It is rooted in the pursuit of truth. It is the motto of Harvard, Veritas, truth. I continue now with more of the examples to show you the the asininity of the charge that America is racist. This is what they have to find. In sports, ready? The Masters Tournament, right? The Masters Tournament, you didn't know that, did you? It's racist, my friends. It is, it is, so when, when Tiger Woods, did Tiger Woods win the Masters? So, how, how, how does that work? He's a black master. It's one of the four major tournaments on the PGA Tour and is usually simply called the Masters. The history of the name goes back to 1934 when the tournament was first held at Augusta National Golf Club in Georgia. Clifford Roberts, one of the co-founders, wanted to call the event the Masters Tournament, according to the tournament's website. But co-founder Bobby Jones rejected the idea over concerns that it was too presumptuous. So, let's see now. Roberts finally got his way in 1939. The name appears to have been a reference to golfers with great skills. Right, isn't that what any honest human being understands? You're a master golfer. But its connotations have brought the name under scrutiny by the left that looks for clues to America's racism. Deadspin sports writer, did you ever hear of Deadspin? Okay. Rob Parker recently called on the tournament to change its name. When sports writers start talking about society, they really do become stupid. But I know why. See, it's like with actors. They think that what they do is not important. So they want to become important, and then they become philosophers of society, which means being generally unwise that they take a left-wing position. Fifty years ago, sports writers wrote about sports. Actors talked about acting. Somebody was writing to me that for relaxation in this tense time, they watched the Johnny Carson show reruns. I was a young person. I wasn't even alive at the time that Johnny Carson was popular. It's a good idea. I told you, but I don't expect any of you to remember. It's a very touching story. I have a friend from 50 years ago. No, not 50, 40 years ago. And uh, he was always a liberal, and he was, I would say, a liberal left. Not fully left. We haven't been in touch much. We're in touch maybe every 10 years. He told me a few years ago that he did say he's a big movie buff. He did something. He decided to get every 1950s film he could. If he had to buy the DVD, he bought a DVD or streaming or any way he could. He would just devote 
himself, he and his wife, to watching 1950s movies. And then, to his great credit, he admitted, I now understand why people look upon that period with nostalgia. And, of course, the guy is on the left, I have to explain. And nobody is nostalgic for Jim Crow, just for the record. But there were very many good things. The trick of society is to bring people who have been ostracized into the good things that you have created. You don't destroy the good things you have created because there have been people who have been ostracized and not admitted. Tiger Woods is one of the master's five. He's a master's master. He's master to the fifth. That's right. Deadspin sports writer Rob Parker called on the tournament to change its name. Parker argues the name evokes slave masters in the U.S. South, especially given the history of the golf course where it is held. For decades, Augusta National Golf Club required that all caddies be black. It also banned black golfers from the Masters Tournament until 1975, when Lee Elders broke its color barrier. That's 45 years ago. So what? why does that pertain to today? Is anybody defending that, that racist or Jim Crow past? Black members weren't admitted to the club until 1990, and women weren't admitted until 2012. What does that have to do with anything? Ah, we're not done. All right? It gets, it gets more preposterous because the charge that America is a racist society is preposterous. There are racists in it. The charge that American society is anti-Semitic is preposterous, but there are anti-Semites in it. Get my point? It's not a very subtle point. It should be perceived by anyone who doesn't have a Ph.D. Ready? We're not done. Next, Masters Tournament goes. Peanut Gallery. The phrase typically refers to the cheapest seats in the theater and is informally used to describe critics or hecklers. When someone says, no comments from the Peanut Gallery, it implies that a certain group of commentators is rowdy or uninformed. Okay, so the term, now, is there anybody listening who thinks peanut gallery is racist? Is there any black listening who thinks peanut gallery is racist? All right, the term dates back to the vaudeville era of the late 19th century and referred to the sections of the theater where black people, by the way, they now capitalize black, it took one week for this to be official, uh, they did it to my column, because AP now insists on it. I said, I don't believe in AP. I believe I am not politically correct, so I do not spell. I don't understand why black would be capitalized. It's a color. I don't think white should be capitalized. But uh, they're, they're always changing. This is, this, this is now an improvement, see? The... The impact on black lives will be substantial because black is now capitalized on the left. All right, so it's where black people usually sat. 
Jeffrey Barg, who writes a language column for the Philadelphia Inquirer, noted recently that the first documented use of peanut gallery appeared in the New Orleans Times-Picayune in 1867. The term was cemented in pop culture in the 1940s when the radio show Howdy Doody. Is that not racist? Second I heard Howdy Doody, my, my skin crawled used it to refer to its live audience of children. That name also carried over to the TV version of Howdy Doody in the 1950s. You know, you would not do well at CNN. What's racist about that exactly? What is wrong with you? You are the opposite of woke. Say, kids, what time is it? Okay, gang, let's go. It's howdy duty time. It's howdy duty time. Bob Smith and howdy too. Say howdy do to you. Let's give one thousand cheers. That's right. That's the bad old days there. Next, we're not done. In law, grandfathered in. I didn't get that either, yeah. The legal term broadly refers to the grandfather clause adopted by seven southern states during the Reconstruction era. Under it, anyone who was able to vote before 1867 was exempt from the literacy tests property requirements, and poll taxes. Okay, so grandfathered in. Cakewalk. It's what we call an easy victory. The cakewalk originated as a dance performed by enslaved black people on plantations before the Civil War. See this? Now, you all know that removing these things from language, which nobody assumes has anything to do with race it will have no effect this is what the left does but they're very angry about killing Soleimani that's bad anyway the line this is a serious piece this is it's it's an example of the uh, of the the lack of seriousness at CNN it's 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 a buffoon it's a gigantic farce. I'm sorry to say it. I wish it weren't. I, uh, it, it didn't start out to be a farce. But remember, everything the left touches, it ruins. There was no exception to that. CNN, New York Times. They kicked out their editor because he published a piece just uh, last month. They actually kicked out the editor. The left, uh, the lefter he was left, but they were lefter than him. He thought that a piece by a very important U.S. senator was Republican on what to do about the riots was worthy of publishing. They didn't. They kicked him out. How dare you publish a piece by a uh, Trump-supporting senator? It never happened before, so they, they were shocked. God forbid our readers should read. Even Brett Stevens wrote against the decision in the New York Times. 
I don't know. I don't know what cognitive dissonance is at work in my friend Brett Stevens, and he is my friend. But it, it's inconceivable he does not have cognitive dissonance working at the New York Times. Cakewalk, yeah, right. Can't use lynch mob. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's uh, that's it. Language totalitarians always change language. Now black is capitalized. Anybody? Do you know the reason? Because it's now it's its designated group. By the way, I'm not joking. This is I, I I do joke around, but I'm not joking at all. Remember the woman with the NAACP who said she was a black. If if sex is not fixed, why is race fixed? You know, there's another explanation for all of this. One explanation is how little racism there is. This is what they have to look for. This is the proof how little there is. But it's it's also something else. The left is soulless. They're empty. There's a deep, deep hole. They believe in nothing. You have to understand they believe in, in destruction. Tell me what the left builds other than power. Other than the state, what does the left build? Nothing. Do you understand? It just destroys music, art, religion, America, freedom, journalism, colleges, high schools. That it's a force of destruction because it's composed of people who are empty. They don't believe in America. They don't believe in Judeo-Christian value. Well, no, they'll say they do in some cases. They don't believe in the Bible. They don't believe in the God of the Bible. They don't, they don't, they're very rarely regular attenders of, of a house of worship. So they, they. This is what gives them meaning. Ah, I am fighting racism. I now have meaning. You must understand because the urge for meaning is the greatest urge in the human being. It is greater than the sex urge. There are people who do not have sex and are happy. There are no people who, without meaning who are happy. By the way, it's best to have sex and meaning, just for the record. I'd like to be on record as having said that. Nevertheless, uh, what I said happens to be true. People, for whatever reasons, including Catholic priests or nuns, voluntarily don't have. Or people waiting for marriage. But meaning? You can't live without meaning. This is the post-Judeo-Christian meaning leftism. I am fighting master bedroom. I now have meaning. I work for CNN. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. I want to talk to you for a moment about a group I've done work with for years, ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've seen how your freedom is under attack? Go to townhallreview.com to find out how you can join Alliance Defending Freedom to help ensure the opponents of freedom don't dictate your future. That's townhallreview.com. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. With the news dominated by COVID-19 and racial injustice, you might not remember one of the big stories of the past year, the rise of socialism. Previously a dirty word, socialism became popular among young people and pulled well with Democrats. But now we hear nothing about socialism. Bernie Sanders is gone. The Green New Deal is gone silent. 
The fact is, young people were never interested in formal socialism. The same polls showing their attraction to it also showed they prefer a market economy over government control. They really didn't want socialism, but free stuff. Free college tuition, forgiven student loans, help with expensive housing, maybe a guaranteed income. That agenda is now quietly Joe Biden's platform, without the socialism name. He's embraced versions of all of that and more. He's the Canada free and expensive stuff. I'm David Davenport. Alliance Defending Freedom. Protecting Religious Liberty. Click on the banner at townhallreview.com.